Welcome to the Power Your Life radio show with host and success doc, Joanne White. Author, speaker, certified coach, and energy master, Doc White gets to the heart of what matters most. She features guests and experts to help you consciously create more success, health, and wellness in every area of your life, work, and relationships. They'll share their success stories, wisdom, and know-how to help you shine more light onto your day and into your life. Power your life right now. Here's Joanne White. And thanks for tuning in. And I'm Dr. Joanne White. And I, firstly, I'm looking at a beautiful day today. Yesterday we had rain. So wherever you are, take a moment to just breathe in the fact that you are alive and just receive the blessings. And it's Valentine's Day. So happy Valentine's Day. So, what makes your heart sing? What gives you joy? And is that something that you're able to sustain over time? What does it mean for you to live a life that's empowered and to feel empowered in everything that you do, in your interactions, just within your own self? We're going to really look at that and examine that with someone. I love her name right now, and her name is Angelica Singh, and she is the founder and the creator of a holistic approach to healing called the embodiment process. Angelica works with individuals and groups utilizing biodynamic craniosacral therapy, trauma resolution, medical intuition, and depth consciousness work, and she also trains other healers. Her life-changing healing crisis started at the age of 28, which led her into a deep understanding of energy systems as well as trauma. This event awakened Angelica's healing abilities to new levels and through her intuitive abilities, she's able to help her clients find their own connection to themselves, to their gifts, their true purpose, and their passion, along with the courage to follow their unique path. Her work was detailed as a feature article in O, the Oprah magazine, and Angelica has been a frequent guest on the Dare to Dream radio talk show, Mission Unstoppable, the Autoimmune Hour, the Nancy Gaines Show, and so much more. As a facilitator of healing and awakening, Angelica's mission is to empower each person as she affects a shift in consciousness through workshops, presentations, one-on-one in-person sessions, or globally. She is soon to release a very exciting online course and is going to share her work with individuals who are seeking to be healed. Welcome. How are you? Angelica Singh. I'm good. Happy Valentine's Day. Thank you. Thank you to you, too. And I was reading about the the healing crisis at such a young age, which really, you know, I understand that that oftentimes we go through this, because I experienced something early on, too, which shifts us in some way. So would you tell our listeners what that was about and what happened to really change your course 
and open you up to this incredible embodiment process and all that you do. Sure. Well, I had um, very, very bad anxiety. Uh, but I, in the beginning, I, I really didn't notice that I had anxiety. It wasn't that I had had it when I was a kid. I, I think that I was really unaware. I was very sensitive. And as I got older, uh, I started to get more and more panic and started to have strong panic attacks. But I had already begun my journey a bit. Um, I had been in some pain, and so I was seeking healing. I had gone to yoga school and became a yoga teacher. But when I did certain practices, they actually brought more anxiety. So I was uh, very much trying and seeking and suffering quite a bit. I think sometimes it's the best awakener when you're suffering. And so I was able to um, come into a lot of different learning, but the anxiety was quite severe. I had pretty bad panic, and um, it was really a transformation for me. And uh, it's a way that I, I wasn't really able to take medication or things that people normally take or do when they have anxiety. And it really helped me understand how we treat anxiety, what a particularly uh, severe and um, flagrant uh, diagnosis it is. There are a lot of people with anxiety. I think 18% of mental disorders are diagnosed as anxiety-related, so that's like 40 million people in the U.S., over 18. So it really became a passion for me to help people um, deal with their anxiety differently. Some people experience it much more intensely. I had really bad panic attacks and I went into cardiac arrest. So it was quite intense for me, and that was very traumatic. And um, so there are all kinds of ways that people experience anxiety, but I really was quite severe. It sounds like it with the cardiac arrest and and panic attacks and Anxiety can be debilitating. It, it can yeah. interfere with your work, with your relationships, with you know, with everything that you do. So I totally support that. And so when you figured out what to do with that and, and how to help yourself, how did this embodiment process evolve? What, how did that learning about anxiety enter into this? to create what you're doing beautifully today. Well, I think that sometimes we, we live, a lot of us live in our heads, and we don't really understand, and I think even in Western medicine, as much as they try, we're just beginning to understand how anxiety really lives in the body and how the nervous system, when it's regulated and when it's attuned, um, we can slow down and we can actually discharge any built up energy in our bodies and when that isn't when we don't have that then we end up getting very anxious it's like the water is boiling over all the time so i really had mm. to explore my own trauma and recognize the things that had happened to me had not been fully completed or or processed and so i really was an open book in the sense that i went towards things that really made a difference in my body that felt different and that gave me relief, and that wasn't drugs. It was something that really allowed me to connect myself with more of myself, and that gave me more empowerment. It made me understand what worked. I could complete some of the traumas from my past, and I got really invested in studying trauma, particularly birth trauma 
And it led me to create and understand that we all come in with ancestral patterns or some of us sometimes come in with past life issues or a combination of both. And when that isn't really addressed or we're not talked to in a way that helps us understand how those memories and how those imprints, what I call imprints, are living in the body, then we don't feel very empowered by the experience. So training you know, and a master's. Go ahead. No, I said that's so important because the body does remember. There's, a, there's mm-hmm. an incredible, like you're talking about, there's an incredible cellular memory. We may not mm-hmm. even be aware of it in our heads, in our minds, in our thinking process, but our bodies remember. And like you said, it may even be going back to another time, another lifetime, whatever, which is, is pretty intense. So yeah. What is the embodiment process? I love the word, mm-hmm. <laughs> but but I want our listeners to really understand what's in it so that, that they can get a sense of what it means. Yeah, so you know you know what it's like when you're if you're a person who is moving too fast all day long, we don't really get a chance to slow down and just be. So the embodiment process is really a way of guiding us and teaching us skills and tools and resources that may be different than the ones we're using to help us slow down and attune and really regulate our nervous systems and move at a pace that actually works for our body. It's like we're like a car, we're a vehicle, and we can drive that car like a Ferrari that it is, or we can drive it like a Ford Pinto. And when we have a lot of trauma, we don't have access to the full range of all the cylinders and all of the engine's capacity. We're very intelligent and sensitive beings, all of us are, and when we have access to all of that, we can really reach our potential more fully. And and it's not just about overcoming anxiety. As you know, we all have some version of how we try to take care of ourselves. So you were looking at it, us and our bodies in terms of cars, which is great. So how does somebody know what their body mechanism is, whether it is a Ferrari, I'm just going with your example, or or a Ford or, or a Mitsubishi or something like that? How, how do they know what that is so that they can work with you or with themselves to regulate it and to shift it if they need to? <clears throat> Yeah, so I would say that um, in general, most people probably have would identify some version of anxiety symptoms. I mean, just being human, you've, I mean, I'm sure you've experienced not being able to fall asleep at night or had your mind racing, or perhaps you often have insomnia issues or you have chronic pain. Um, perhaps you get migraines, something along those lines. And a lot of those symptoms are anxiety-produced. So it's really a matter of being able to find the baseline of a slowed-down place inside, a place that feels more centered and neutral. And that's really the beginning of the embodiment process. It's getting one attuned to really what kind of engine, what, what is going on with their particular system. And it's unique in everybody. But I would say everybody is sensitive. We don't always act like it. We don't always honor it because of the way we were raised, because of the the circumstances of our history or even our epigenetic history, meaning our ancestral history. And so it's really a process to come back to the self, and it's very 
um, specific and, and simple so that every human being deserves an opportunity to feel who they are inside so that they can navigate their life more efficiently. You know, that's so very important because oftentimes we we think that we, we may not be attuned to something that's going on or feeling something or being aware of it, and yet even if we're not consciously aware of it, we're processing that information with our vehicles, our bodies, like constantly. So how does... How do you teach somebody? I know we're not going to be able to cover that in the in the interview. I just want to give our listeners a sense of how this works because everybody has a different engine. How do you work with individuals and groups to teach them their their skill of recognizing their who they are? And being able to filter that information comfortably through, you know, through their their bodies, their minds, their hearts. Well, the first step is always to slow down, and to um, so we can. I can give you an example right now, if you want. You would just um, take a few moments just to feel into your body. So you would slow down and just begin by feeling your sit, your seat and where your pelvis is resting on the seat. Mm -hmm. And just noticing if you feel more the right or the left side of your pelvis. Mm -hmm. And then just letting your awareness come down into your legs and maybe you notice your low back resting along the back of the chair or the couch or wherever you're sitting. Hmm. And then just coming down more into your feet. Noticing your left foot. Noticing your right foot. Mm. So the process, and of course I'm just giving you a small example, but the process, and how do you feel just now from just that short few minutes? Uh, More aware and relaxed. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I do that a lot anyway in terms of, because I work with a lot of body modalities and and a Mm -hmm. different sense of consciousness. But but I can recognize that that when you're having people do that, firstly, again, you're moving the attention from the head mm-hmm. down into the body and creating that more of a, an acute level of awareness for what's happening in the body, which can help and does help because I experienced it even it probably wasn't even a minute, mm-hmm. even in 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 that time frame. Yeah, so we we start to train the perceptual sense of a person to center themselves, to move to ground, and like you said, notice the details, and that will really slow a person down. And what happens naturally is is that the nervous system will go, oh, I can offload some of what I've been carrying just with that slowed down regulating pace of noticing. And it also cultivates a different part of our brain, which is 
much more akin to neutrality, much more akin to centeredness, and from that perceptual field that we can only really have through experience, we start to notice that everything can be included, that we're not so reactive, we're not so either-or about life. We tend to be more mellow, tend to be more peaceful inside, and it helps us discharge all of that backlog. And that's so important because (laughs) we accumulate a lot of gunk. (laughs) We do, we do. And we're constantly, especially today, inundated, right, by so much stimulation and technology and information, and it's not always, we're not really equipped to discern unless we take the time to learn a skill that helps us discern, helps us know when we're overwhelmed. We're not taught to to know when we're overwhelmed. We just tolerate it and compensate and have survival strategies, and those strategies are are very, very useful, and they're, they're helpful. But at some point, the compensations start to break down. So this process is one of identifying those patterns, getting the right resources and skills to be able to settle, and to recognize when we're overwhelmed and what we want to take in and what we don't. And it, it seems like such a simple thing that every human being should have, and the reality is we don't learn it. So I really felt like I feel inspired by helping people attune and feel connected to themselves. And in my own journey in creating the process through my own learning, I really tapped into my own gifts and became someone who loves stillness and is able to intuit and work with people in a very uh, intuitive way so that their own healing becomes more efficient and more available to them. You know, I love that because I also have have come through understanding of of many different modalities and and mm-hmm. myself through you know through this uh, different kind of healing crisis. But but again, mm-hmm. it brings you to an understanding of what you need to do to help yourself, like you did. You you needed to figure out what worked mm-hmm. to to be able to live and function. And feel good about yourself because having those anxiety attacks and trauma and 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 that that led to physical trauma is I mean it's it's really difficult to to assess anything else when your whole body is kind of screaming at you in some way that you're not you can't you can't think about something else or function or do anything else so mm-hmm. it becomes so all encompassing now. It's called the embodiment process. Is there a reason why you named it so? Yeah, I think it's very much because I really do think as a culture we've lost touch with living in our bodies. We really live in our heads. And when we're in our bodies and we're embodied, um, we're able to use our gifting in a way where we can be of service to others, but we also are connected to ourselves. And we're able to take the most precious and intelligent parts of spirit, of soul, of what vibratory frequencies we're here to raise in ourselves, that they come all the way through us, that they come to us all the way to the cellular level, because I think that level of integrity in the body allows for a person to live both in the temporal and the eternal and not feel disappointed or um, upset by it. 
meaning that I think sometimes people have, they live a little compartmentalized with their gifting, but they themselves don't have the joy that they need in their bodies or in their lives. And I feel like when they're integrated, we have a much better uh, chance and opportunity to participate with the beauty and love that we're here to be a part of and to help others and to have a more sustainable consciousness collectively. You know, I love that because I believe that so wholeheartedly, and it's true. We have the capacity. Our bodies are these incredible machines, and Mm -hmm. and they're more than machines, and we can heal ourselves. Mm -hmm. And like you said, we can tap into our immense, all of us really have the potentiality for for intuitive. They have intuition and intuitive Mm -hmm. abilities and so much more. So what you're doing is kind of awakening all of that to to bring us back into that level of awareness to me that that's that's expansive and beautiful yeah and i think that you know just to add to since we're at valentine's day what i've noticed is about especially in training people in groups or even one on one but particularly groups from that level of embodiment, when people really are in touch with themselves, they are extremely cooperative with one another. They want to sustain other people. There, there's so much goodness and benevolence in each of us that we can't quite tap into if we're not connected at that deeper embodied level. So I found that being able to do it this way, people want goodness for others and because they feel their own goodness. I love that. <laughs> I really do because it that totally clicks with with my belief system and and how I act. Now you talk also about as we work within ourselves, as we mm-hmm. do our inner work, and we're in alignment with who we are, with our bodies, with with everything about us. Mm-hmm. You talk about how it creates integrity. What what are you referring to and what does that mean? Integrity in the body, integrity in ourselves. Well, I think consciousness is extremely vast, you know, I mean, and I think that's putting it mildly. But I do think that we all have access to different energies. We're here to serve in some way. We're here to express in certain energies and raise our vibrations in different ways. Um, and everyone has a unique expression. And what I see integrity is is like an integrated sense of self, meaning that, you know, the, the embodiment process, I'm giving you the, the first level of what the foundation is. But we also do a lot of shadow work, a lot of work around archetypes and understanding that we are both light and dark. And mm-hmm. I think when we have that deeper level of neutrality, we can perceive what comes through us without judgment and we can see what we carry because I think we all carry different things and we tend to use, I I talk in the online course that I'm teaching coming up, you know, I talk a lot about something I call inner authority and you probably have your own sense of what that is, you know, I just call it that because I think that sometimes and what I've experienced in myself and in others, we use governors like guilt and shame to um, govern our behavior, to um, put us in the world in a way where we don't do or do certain things because we guilt or shame ourselves, this is okay, this isn't okay. And that, to me, isn't really integrity. That's, And not that it's a judgment where it's a bad thing, but sometimes I think if we can get a little bit more neutral and a little deeper in, we can actually use our moral compass 
right and we have a we have a choice and we don't have to use things like guilt and shame to tell us why or how to behave in certain ways because ultimately i don't think it's empowering for us to come from those places although it may create a, an, a behavior that we want but then i think the shadow comes up and brings it out in another way do you know what i mean Yes, definitely. You know, and I think that's important. I think we've learned as cultures about guilt and shame, and, and, mm-hmm. and so we've kind of tagged on to that without, because we didn't, there may not have been anything else in terms of awareness, and you're right. That, so I want to go into the shadow work a little bit. We are, we do have, I'll just use plus and minus, we do have mm-hmm. all of within ourselves and and like you say to be able to recognize without judgment and that's key key so that we could see where we're operating at a particular time and then when we do that shift it without saying oh what's wrong with me why did i do it which is very important tell us more about shadow work because i have one of our listeners who's not familiar with that so she's raising a question so it's really a concept that was developed by Carl Jung. Um, he was a very famous psychologist, a student of Freud's, and then a, you know, a peer. Um, and really what that means is what we don't know about ourselves. So I think sometimes people see it as purely um, maybe negative things, but I don't think that's true. It's It's sort of what we disown in ourselves. So... Perhaps we feel very helpless or, or powerless in life. We may disown uh, our, our power, and we may project that onto other people, that we think that other people have power or this person in our life has power because we feel so powerless. So the more conscious we become, we start to explore the polarities and the ways in which we project material outside of ourselves, and this is what we might the shadow might encompass. It also might encompass areas of our lives that we are not proud of certain behaviors. Maybe we are um, raised in a very Catholic home and, you know, having a strong sexual drive is not okay, especially for a woman, right, that this is sort of a, you know, something to feel guilty about. So that would be something that we might push away from ourselves. We might suppress our sort of sexual instinct or our sensuality because we need to not feel that part because there's another part that says that's that's a bad that's a bad thing to have. So we don't necessarily know ourselves in those places because they live in this shadowy area where we just can't own who we are fully. And ultimately, it doesn't allow us to feel empowered about the wholeness of who we are or the whole of who we are. So how would you define an empowered person? For me, an empowered person is someone who has a lot more neutrality and we could even say acceptance or okayness with what arises in consciousness inside of themselves without judgment and understands that consciousness is vast and that we are constantly moving through more and more layers of dark and light. Like Carl Jung said, the light of the light, the dark of the dark. And that that's the that's part of duality, so that if we uh, those things arise in us to be able to witness them and make choices about that information about what we are constellating in consciousness as our soul is unique that unique expression, and to some degree be personal with it, but also don't take it too personally. 
I think that that Look, creates empowerment. Right, and that's not always easy for people to do, to to be able to take it, it whatever's going on within themselves, in in a very like you keep talking about neutrality, which I think is so yeah. important, in a neutral way. So so whatever we're experiencing isn't necessarily creating angst or whatever somebody is is saying to us. We're not taking it so personally that we can't see beyond it and get to a, a different level of understanding and awareness about it. How right. How is the work – sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say that, you know, I, I, what you're saying I think is very helpful. And I think that, you know, we, we do have a lot of um, self-judgment, basically, you know, and that, that really takes away our power. Very true. So how how would somebody utilize the embodiment process in in – kind of the world that we're living in today. How 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 would it would it shift anything other than just oneself? How would that operate? Well, like I said, I think once we come into ourselves and we we develop, you know, a process of slowing down. I mean, I do this sequentially module by module and you start to develop a stronger sense of yourself, you don't feel um you feel a lot more self-compassion. There's a lot more witness, a lot more neutrality. And that's empowering. And we start to see other people, I think, more empathically, not necessarily merging in with them. I do a lot of boundary work. And oftentimes people don't have great boundaries, and they literally, especially sensitive people, merge in energetically with other people's experiences. They, what we might call sympathize versus empathize. And so I like to help people as they get more attuned to themselves, they have better boundaries, and they naturally arise. They have better self-esteem. They start to establish more inner authority, as I was speaking, and they begin to allow their own consciousness to be something that they're intimate with, that they're curious about, that they're fascinated by. And in my experience, the byproduct of that is usually purpose and passion for what they're in service to and less... um, less fear, less uh, symptoms in general, and more okayness with everything. They're more oriented to the blueprint or the health of who they are as opposed to what's wrong. You know, that's so very, very important. And what you were just talking about in terms of creating boundaries, people think that, that that's not a good thing, and yet, like many, I remember when I was younger, being walking into, and now I understand it and work with it and help other people, but I would be walking into a room or even walking down a street, and I'd be I'd be in a great mood, and then suddenly I remember one incident where, I, where I'm doing that, and I'm crying, and I'm not even, and I'm thinking, what's going on? But I'm picking up other, mm-hmm. you know, as you Emphasizing with some, and not, and I don't even know these people. It's just it right. was happening. And many people do go through that. So the work that you're doing with that is so important because you can't feel empowered when you're getting bombarded mm-hmm. in so many different directions and not being able to even know why or where or how how it happened. That's right, and I I think that. Um, you know, people, every, I think everybody identifies or um, has their own version of what they consider is success. My 
I would say that for everybody, a measure of success is always the level of intimacy and connection they have in relationship. And when you don't have good boundaries and you don't feel connected to yourself, you can't have that. And I think that this is a pathway for having successful relationships, which I really believe sustains the nervous system and creates health, not only in ourselves, but in others. And to me, that's what changes the world. That's what makes our ability as, a, as one person, our capacity to transform the world and empower others to be cooperative and sustainable and not isolated and disconnected. You know, that's, that's so true because once we do that, we're, we are vibrating at that level and, and right. making very conscious choices and then sending that out, whether consciously or not, just sending that out into the world. And, and it does create that, that incredible, wonderful energy that I, at least I know I'm seeking. So tell us about this online course that sounds very exciting and what's involved in it and who, who it's for. Sure. So I created it because I have clients all over the world and all over the country, and not everybody can make it, obviously, to Los Angeles. And I wanted to give people a really strong foundational sense of basically everything we just talked about, um, how to be in your body, how to be a human being in some ways, 101, how to work with anxiety at least at a very basic, fundamental body level. And so we work on slowing down, we work on self-compassion, really what does that mean I've found in myself, you know, that's a word we can do, inner child work, but there's also whole other layers of what self-compassion means as an adult. So we really explore that, we explore shadow, governors of guilt and shame, energies, stuck patterning, um, tension, what we call tension fields, really orienting to the health in us and cultivating that spiritual adult, the witness and Understanding there's nothing wrong with us when we are reactive or we have a hard time um, connecting in with ourselves. I think sometimes it's, you know, meditation, it, it's not guided enough. It doesn't give us enough facility or tools to really work with our unique consciousness. So it's really a, a, a foundation for how to be a human being, how to be in our bodies, how do we create happiness, peace, the things that we're wanting to cultivate, intention. And um, understanding shadow work, and and then again some archetypical and collective work, because I don't I believe that everyone is really not only on their individual journey, but we're also playing a role in the collective. And when we carry that, we also are in service to others. So I like to help people connect with both their personal and what I would call their transpersonal self. I love it. I totally love it. So given. A lot of divisiveness in our world, even mm-hmm. in our country. What? How? How can we shift that? How can the embodiment process? Because I really believe that. How can this yeah. embodiment process really help shift that in a much larger way? Yeah, I mean, wouldn't you say that the one quality that is, or at least one of the qualities that we most suffer from as Americans, or at least is what we're seeing, is greed. You know, people are greedy. Yeah, and and, and that greed comes, and selfishness. Right. Right. And, and, and that lack. comes from insecurity, right? I mean, it, it's, it comes from not feeling like we have enough, not being in touch with ourselves enough to know that we're full. You know, it's the opposite of that cooperative, sustainable energy. It's, 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 it's also so lacking in compassion, which... Mm-hmm. 
you know, you and you were talking earlier, I and I believe in what you were saying in terms of why we're here. You know, we're here to to love, to learn about ourselves and all of all of all aspects of ourselves, but also, like you said, to then be able to to enrich others' lives and to to help others because we are. There is that incredible interconnectedness, and I'm not just talking with about human beings. I'm talking about you know the whole sphere of of life. Mhm. Mhm. So I would say that the work that I did, you know, and over the last it's been, you know, 18 years now in helping people and helping myself, the more I got in touch with that, the more my heart was open, <clears throat> the more cooperative I became, the more sustainable I became as a person and we talk about sustainability in the ecosystem, but it's really our inner ecosystem. You know, how are we with each other? How attuned are we? What do we value? And and when we have a process like this that puts people back in touch with themselves and their core values and their self-esteem, you naturally want to help other people. It, it's a byproduct of the benevolence of the human spirit. And so when that is taken away from us as a culture and collectively for many different reasons, there's something wrong there. There's something that needs... Um, to reattune us, to bring us back to ourselves, back to the you know the journey home to ourselves, and that's power, that's love, and that's beautiful <laughs> Be- mm-hmm. because when we do that, like you say, we're also expanding not only ourselves but but everybody else and and connecting and and we are really connected. I love what you do i I wish we had more time. Tell everybody how they can get a hold of you, your work, and, and find out more and also sign up. What, when does this, this uh, online course start? It starts on the 4th of April, and there will be an enroll, in a limited enrollment period. Um, there's two versions of it. There's one that's facilitated through um, coaching twice a week and then or once a week, and then there's uh, one that is unfacilitated. So there's two different price points. It's 14 weeks, the course. It's very deep, content-rich. The content is available if you appreciated any of the conversation we had today. This is a lot of what we delve into, and it's very experiential. So uh, I feel like it's a really big and deep offering. I'm excited about it, and it's, um, yeah, you can go to my website at angelikasing.com. And, uh, yeah, you can just sign up for uh, the enrollment period and more information. The modules are on there on the landing page. You can check out the landing page and check out how the modules are broken down. Angelica, I love it. I love what you're doing. Thank and you. I think this is, is a very important way to help transform ourselves and our world. What would you like to leave our listeners with before we go? Uh, since it's Valentine's Day, that that we really have the ability to be, you know, the, have the power of love and change the world so that it's not about the love of power, but the power of love. Wonderful. You are an incredible being. I'm glad that, that, not glad that you had to go through that crisis, <laughs> but glad that you were able to come out of it on the other side and then be able to utilize your knowledge in terms of your own healing to really help other people and to help us shift and trans- transform not only ourselves but our world. So thank you so very much. Thank 
you. Thanks so much, Joanna. It was lovely to talk to you. My pleasure. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. So pay attention to what Angelica said because it's so beautiful to begin to recognize and to understand your own depths, the, the, all of who you are and what you're here to do and the love that's within you, not to, without judgment. Imagine having a day <laughs> where you're not judging yourself or faulting yourself or faulting your partner or anybody else and, and just feel that wonder and that beauty. We're going to be shifting gears next week. February 21st, and I'm having somebody again whom I adore, and that's Farrah Krennic, who's an actress and also does so much in terms of helping people see their own worth and recognizing who they are. Now, because today is Valentine's Day, and this show is called Empower Your Life, firstly, if you want to hear more from Angelica, you can go to Blog Talk Radio and listen to the show or to my website. I'll give you the short version, doc, D-O-C-W-H-I-T-E dot org, and find out more about upcoming shows and free blogs and, and everything else. This show is about empowerment, and it's about you, because we as Angelica said, you, we are incredibly powerful. And again, it's not about power over anybody else, but it's powerful within our own right. We have so many gifts, gifts that that we can access once we tune in. So take some time today to tune in to the beauty and the very special giftedness of who you are. And remember that you are an incredible blessing. Shine your light and let your skills be out there and support yourself, love yourself, and happy Valentine's Day wherever you are. You've been listening to the Power Your Life radio show with host and author Dr. Joanne White. Listen often and spread the word about the upbeat show to enrich you and grow your life in the direction you desire. Listen again and again and visit DocWhite.org for more information and find out how Dr. Joanne can benefit you. Thank you for sharing your day with us and stay tuned for more exciting guests and events to come.